those of you who don't know who I am, I'm Jessie. Um, I came to Blueprint for many, many years um, as a student and then as a yo pro and then as a person who kicked it all in and went back to study at Bishopdale, yay! <laughs> and then I've just slowly started getting more and more people along to Bishopdale, which has been great. Um, they occasionally give me chocolate as a like low-key recruiter. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. It's great, but you know, you know there are worse things to be recruited for. So, um, uh, and occasionally when I message Rose and say, "Hey, how you been?" and she's like, "Hey, cool. Um, I'm doing great. Um, would you like to speak at Blueprint?" <laughs> and um, I say yes, um, because it's always great to come back here, and it's great to be with you and to get to worship here. Um, yeah, if you want to hear more about stories of great progressive dinner um, <laughs> times that I've been a part of. <laughs> Talk to me and Esme afterwards. Um, <laughs> we have some great stories. Um, but yes, because <laughs> I um, am aware that I um, actually don't want to speak all that long um, because I feel like half of what I wanted to speak on has kind of been really beautifully illustrated by the two um, good stories today. Um, I feel like that's kind of you know, who needs my stories when you've got such great good stories in the room? Um, but I do want to speak a bit. Um, and I am speaking on Matthew 13, chapters 1 to, uh, no, Matthew 13, verses 1 to 9. And I'm just going to find it because I was like, I'm going to, you know, use the Bible. Um, and then I didn't actually bring my Bible or put it into my sermon notes. So... Just just one moment here. <laughs> so old school. Um, <laughs> it's taking so long. <laughs> oh, we're almost there. We're there, guys. <laughs> we're there. Um, all right, so we're here. Um, Matthew 13, 1 to 9. Later that same day, Jesus left the house and sat beside the lake. A large crowd soon gathered around him and he got in a boat and he sat there and taught the people who stood on the shore. He told many stories in the form of parables, such as this one. Listen, a farmer went out to plant some seeds. As he scattered them across his field, some seeds fell on a footpath and the birds came and ate them. Other seeds fell on shallow soil with underlying rock. The seeds sprouted quickly because the soil was shallow but the plants soon wilted underneath the hot sun, and since they didn't have deep roots, they died. Other seeds fell among thorns that grew up and choked out the tender plants. Still other seeds fell on fertile soil, and they produced a crop that was 30, 60, and even 100 times as much as had been planted. Anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. Um, in some Anglican churches, when you read from a gospel, you end by saying, this is the word, or what do you say? Um, this is the gospel of Christ, praise to Christ the word, um, which I love because it remem we remember in that that um, Jesus is the word made flesh. Um, 
And these words of Jesus in a story that he tells, um, in a whole beginning of like a whole number of stories that he told, um, is I think a really beautiful one and also quite a nice one to preach on because in a lot of Jesus' stories, we're kind of left with like, so who's what? Like, who, where am I? Who, am, who, who is this person? Who's Jesus in the story? And luckily for the parable of the sower, a little bit further on in Matthew, he's like, hear what the parable of the sower means. And he gives the answers, and it's so great. Um, my friend Shanti, who spoke on this last year at Chapel, actually, um, she was kind of half lamenting and half very glad that, like, there's some certainty in this parable. It makes it really easy to um, kind of talk on because you're not going to be, like, ripping the lid off and, like, doing a whole new thing. Um, you, like, you kind of already know what's going on here. So the seed... Um, to, to give you the to give you the answers, the seed is <laughs> um, the kingdom words of God that Jesus is sharing. Um, the soil is um, the people who receive it. Um, the path, people who are hardened, who can't understand. The thorns, people who oh no, sorry, the stones, people who um, kind of hear it and. Um, it can't quite take root in their lives. They can't, they're not getting discipled into um, deep belief, and so they wither and die in the sun and the scorching. Um, uh, the people who are um, the, the thorns are um, the the word kind of is is there, but also there is the pressures of the world um, who kind of come in and um, are competing for prominence and kind of um, the growth of the soil. And then there's the good soil, the fertile soil, which um, most of the seed falls on and um, that produces this crop. And actually the crop that that produces is like out of this world. Amazing. Um, yeah. So today sharing in this parable, I, um, I want to question what Jesus wanted us to hear when he shared this story. Um, it's quite easy, as I said, to fall into this thing of like, who am I meant to be in this story? Um, and there's this kind of like a weird thing where like, it's quite clear we are the soil, but then also we kind of are the seed and then also we kind of are the sower. Um, and the better question probably to ask is how is God working in this story? And what is he saying here that can help us in our lives today? And the good news is that God is working <laughs> in this story and in our lives, and that is good, and that is, um, that is what we hold on to. So let's unpack it a little bit. Um, I don't know about you, but a lot of times where I've heard the story and a lot of like the images that came up when I did like a parable of the sower commentary image kind of thing was like a powerpoint slide that had like a little bit of soil that was hard and they had some little birds on it and a little bit of soil that had some rocks in it and a little bit of soil that was weedy and a little bit of soil that was good soil and it had a plant that was growing up nice and tall um and underneath it had things that were like the the kind of attributes of people who might be hard path people and attributes of people who might be good soil people um and I just like was like revolted <laughs> um but also <laughs> made me think of um a time when I was about 15 at a youth group camp that I was at um when we were kind of like each given a little seed and told to kind of put our hands into the soil that we felt best represented our hearts and um and bury it in that soil and I 
I think at the time it was like quite a moving thing for me to like kind of sit with like where am I who am I but actually I also remember sitting there and kind of being like if I'm honest with myself and I say like I actually think I'm doing okay right now are people going to look at me and be like oh holy Miss Jessie like planting her soil and her seed in the good soil and like also we're kind of all like looking and like who's going to be like here at this camp who is going to say that they don't understand and plant it in the hardened soil like it kind of became an act of like looking over your shoulder and kind of diagnosing your own insecurities and your own problems and also diagnosing those in people around them so as much as like you know sure it was it was not not criticizing um the the Baptist youth group that I was a part of um but um ultimately um it kind of became a bit of an exercise in guilt um and I I think that's actually really common just as as an aside for parables in general these stories that Jesus tells in general um that we become overly focused in the assignment of characteristics that take us away from the larger point of what Jesus is wanting to hear and as I get older, and I've recently turned 30, so I feel like I can say that, um, I, I wonder how much the changing, so- uh, how much, um, oh wait, I feel like I've skipped a paragraph. No, I haven't. I might have just deleted a paragraph. And that's fine. Um, <laughs> yeah, as I get older, I, I just think like that's kind of a, a poor idea of what Jesus was trying to say at this point. Um, too often the focus of this parable is on us and our current state as something that is permanent and unchanging so we kind of like say I feel like there are things of this world that are kind of coming up in my life right now and um, I couldn't possibly be someone who produces a good you know a good plant that produces a good harvest and we kind of say then like oh this person here you know they it's not is it even worth you know, sharing the gospel with them because they're just a person who's going to be hard into it. It's not worth. It's not worth it. The seed's just going to go, um, and we we become kind of like, yeah, quite. I think caught up in in not what God is doing, but um, on the things that we think we can control. Um, there's a theological term called incavatus in se, which I always kind of. Um, match with this kind of action um, <laughs> of um, basically to curve in on oneself is what it means. Um, a turning in on oneself and a hyper-focus not on what God is doing, but what we, um, we think we can control. And the problem with this is that this parable is not calling us to hope only in our own righteousness of being able to grow and control the soil, but to hope in the recovering of the world. Um, Basically, in being too focused on the soil, we forget about the seed, but more about that later. In thinking solely about our own hearts or thinking about the hearts of those um, around us, we tend to forget that where we might find ourselves now um, may not be where we find ourselves in the future. The soil can be changed. What might look like densely packed earth may just need one rain sour for it to be receptive to accept the seed. Plants may fall among rocks and thorns and then farmhands may come along and tend that soil. Um, I 
have recently planted a little garden in the very front of Ramsey House. Um, I'm trying to find Rain, but I can't find her eye. Oh, there she <laughs> in the front row. Um, and we are so very proud of it. Um, it is teeny tiny. And if you go out the back of Ramsey House where Rain lives, um, there is like, literally it's like a sheer cliff face. It shouldn't be a garden. And yet somehow there is still some life kind of clinging to these rocks and springing forth. And I kind of go out there and I look at it and I'm like, oh, this is beautiful. Um, and I think so often um, life can be found in really surprising places. And um, yeah, I think that's really important to hold on to when we think about this, that we do not let ourselves get too caught up in where we might still need the kind of tending and re-fertilizing of our soil. <laughs> um, and actually remember that Jesus is a person who calls us and who scatters the seed um, far and wide. And I'll come back to that again too. Um, so let's kind of flick over to the seed. Um, so I said earlier how our focus on the soil can cause us to become overly focused on us rather than God or the world around us. It can also make us forget that the one constant thing in this story is the seed. Um, the seed does not change for the different environments. Its growth is affected by the environments that it lands in. But we know from scripture that the seed is meant to represent the kingdom of heaven proclaimed from Jesus in word and deed. So we know because of that, that the seed is good seed. It is not the cause of failure in the different soils. And seeds do what seeds do, which is to grow. I last, a couple of years ago, I got a capsicum from the market and I decided I was going to grow some capsicums from this and I put it in some soil and I had used some soil that I thought was just like left over, but it actually had had some basil seeds in it from a, like, <laughs> a, like a retreat that I had been on ages ago and it got knocked over like many times on the carpet and I just kind of picked it up. And as I started putting these capsicum seeds in there, I noticed something else growing alongside it. And one of these basil seeds had somehow survived. Um, and it like grew up alongside these capsicums and they became great friends. Um, but like that seed had just been sitting there waiting. And then it was like, oh, I can grow, I can grow now. And it grew. And it's actually a really beautiful, I think, image of um, the way in which, um, yeah, we can, we can continue to see um, and hope for um, growth even um, after long times. Um, yeah. There is something really beautiful about this metaphor that Jesus uses and growth from seed, and particularly, I think, growth into um, a plant that then nourishes um, us with its crop. Um, I think there's something really beautiful and deep that sits um, with this understanding of the seed of the good words of kingdom being flung far and wide and it growing up into a thing that becomes um, 
I, I just love bread. So um, I just think of this like wheat being turned and, and being harvested and then being turned into loaves of bread that would have fed people. Um, and those people not knowing the big journey that this seed had gone on. Just like the soil, which we can't change, but for the grace of God in our lives. Um, the seed in our lives grows into plants that don't reflect our righteousness, but the good news of the kingdom in us. The seed grows up and these plants are justice, righteousness, mercy, care for the oppressed and the hurting. The seed grows up and gives life to more and more of this kingdom in the world because it replicates itself. And this replication um, in one plant, the abundant harvest, that is all because of God's grace, is what then allows the next year's crop to grow. Some of this would have been set aside to be shared once more. And there is a passing on from one another that we see um, um, so that uh, others may grow in turn. One of the commentators that I did find that was helpful and less about PowerPoint images of little plants, um, <laughs> she says, um, in all accounts, there is no indication of a farmer disappointed with the loss. Seems that the farmer is pretty well aware that some seeds will not grow at that time. But most will, and they don't need to change the seed because that isn't the problem. If we identify with the seed, going back to that question of who are we maybe in this story, we identify with the message of Christ being so in us, but we can't help but share it and grow. We remember as we do so, this parable always asks us to end with being the mature plant that bears fruit and that that same good seed can be taken and rethrown for the next crop. So the soil is the soil that can be changed. The seed is the seed that is good. And then we come to the sower. And I think it's really important to think about the sower because he's the only kind of figure in this story. Um, but I also find it really difficult to understand the sower. And initially when I sit with this passage, I just got really angry because he seems really careless. And again, going to stories of my um, small feats of gardening, um, <laughs> at the back of my house, we have this tiny little plot that we have kind of carved out um, and topped up with much soil to kind of grow. And um, I, a couple of weeks ago, went out and like made little divots in it and got some carrot seeds and put like counted out like a couple of seeds into each little hole and covered them up. And then the neighbor's cat just like has decided that that's where it sits. So I don't think these carrots are going to grow. Um, but <laughs> I was just like this incredible care that I put into like these these seeds and like the hope that I had in them. And then you see this farmer just apparently like heading out and like dropping some seed on the path and then just like kind of not caring that there are weeds and kind of like just you know going going crazy with the throwing of seeds um it's almost like reckless <laughs> um and yeah there seems to be such a yeah this this kind of like surely he should know that like you sh you should put your seed on the ground that holds the most promise for a fruitful harvest um, but the point of this is that, again, it is not about the diagnosis of our heart. Um, Jesus cares, um, yeah, like not so much about um, 
the the kind of the way that people may appear as um, promising soil to to invest in. Um, but we actually see Jesus through the Gospels invest in disciples who look incredibly unpromising. Um, he squanders his time with tax collectors and sinners and lepers and all manner of outcasts. And these are the people that he, he invests his time in because he, um, and yet he still kind of promises this prolific um, kind of sowing of the word will produce an abundant harvest. And I think there's kind of this disconnect there that is really good to sit with because actually I think that's, that's what he wants us to do as well. Um, the purpose of this parable is not to be so focused on ourselves or where we might, um, like, you know, strategically be best placed to share what we know and what we know is good. But I think one of the purposes of this parable is to really kind of call us into an extravagant um, gifting of um, God's love um, and sharing those words of love with others. Um, regardless of whether they, they look strategically promising or not, because I don't think um, that's, yeah, I don't think that's what's going on here. I think the sower knows that the best chance of a good harvest is to send the seed out far and wide. And I think we see this even in this story that Jesus is sitting in a boat in um, like just off the land so that the crowds can hear him like crowds have gathered to hear him and Jesus is not kind of like yeah he is sharing this the story and imploring everyone to hear and I think that is really important for us to end on so I do want to come back to one kind of question, though, around, like, who who am I in this? Um, am I the soil? Yes, my heart grows, and I sit with kind of the goodness that it is to know that, um, like Hannah said, um, just, like, it's so, it's, it's so dumb to sit in the place of thinking that we're not enough, and that's not what God calls us to. Um, and I... Um, sit with the seed and I say like am I the seed and I'm like well no because you know that's the good words of Jesus but like I think we are called to be the plants um, growing up and um, so then we sit with the sower and it's like well who is the sower in this story particularly it's Jesus sharing this um, sharing his stories um, on a boat um, but now I think we have to keep remembering that we are the embodied presence of God in this world and so a call to share the words of kingdom with others. Through the Spirit, we are the agent of Jesus, the living word. Um, as I was reflecting on this passage, um, one of the first things that I wrote down um, was for kind of my personal response to this passage. And I wrote down, I want to be good soil for the kingdom truth to grow in my life. And I want to reap a harvest. And then I reflected, is it actually up to me? In this parable, we're challenged to consider how we might need to lean, uh, need to learn to trust God um, to freely share his kingdom with others. Where might we need to learn to trust that the master sower knows what they are doing when they allow all to draw near?
even when the soil looks hard, rocky or thorny, perhaps there is good soil underneath. Ultimately, the harvest is not just of the good soil, but of the good plants. The plants that have grown and multiplied from the seed that is the good news of Jesus. I think I'm going to end there. Um, and I wonder whether it's worth spending another moment in silence um, while the worship team comes up. Maybe reflecting on what um, what your what your personal response might be. It might be a question. It might be a statement like it was for me, or it might be a question about God. How are you moving in this place, um, God? What do you need to tend in me? Um, yeah, let's sit with that and um, respond in a time of worship, um, knowing that this is, yeah, this is good work that God is doing. <laughs>